Hello and welcome to another episode of um, Doing Things Better and Doing Better Things, a podcast where I um, I try and find people who are making a really big difference with the things that they do and, um, and are kind of geared towards a, a better future. It's really hard to define those terms, but you know what it is when you see it. Um, so this person, um, James Victoria, who I'm interviewing today, I met about eight years ago at the Do Lectures. I'm one of the founding partners of the Do Lectures, which doesn't mean that I founded it. That was David and Claire, but it means I'm one of the sort of three or four people that support them um, as and when they need it. And um, and I was really fortunate to see James in action, and uh, he just blew me away. So I heard him speak, incredible. Spent time drinking beer and whiskey around the campfire, incredible. Did some Krav Maga, which is like a Israeli martial art, very similar to Thai boxing actually, um, which was also incredible. Um, and then the next year or the year after, I can't remember when I was off to New York. He was living in Brooklyn at the time, or Williamsburg, and um, I, uh, in the modern parlance, reached out, although I'm not one of the four tops, and um, I, I met him and just had a ball, and just I just really liked the guy. So we've stayed in touch for a long time, and what I love about James is he um, he values he values the things that most people would be kind of hot, you know, kind of keen to cover over, really. He's got about two or three sayings that I, I repeat with credit all the time. And, and my favourite is um, the thing that made you weird as a kid makes you brilliant today. And that's so true as someone who spent the first, probably the first, no, not the first 20 years, he spent between the ages of like 11 and 20 trying to fit in, trying to hide those quirks and kinks and be kind of whatever whatever you define normal as. Um, that really resonated with me when I first heard James say that. And so I, I use it a lot. And another one that he says that I, I really get is, I'm not for everyone, I'm just for the sexy people. Um, and again, I get that completely. You know, what? why try and be for everybody? Why Why not just stick to, to your guns? So, and then he says, um, which, I, which I had tattooed on my arm, warrior, not worrier. And in some weird kind of existential squaring of worry, I then got really paranoid that I might, I might focus on the worrier word, not the warrior. So I had, it, I had it made a bit smaller. And then after this conversation, I think I tell that story in the, uh, in, in the conversation, um, it's going to be uh, crossed out. So um, beautiful conversation with one of life's um, true artists, true um, oh, disruptive forces really he's always got a different take it's quite a long one but it inevitably would be because we just get on so very very well so buckle in um i think you'll enjoy it um i'll talk to you again afterwards recording and then if you want you get a copy of this to download as well james okay and there is absolutely no i've got no questions i've done no preparation me neither I've lost you. Are you? Have you turned? I turned it. I turned it off. Okay, that's cool. I'll do the same thing, James. Just you know, we'll... so it's just, just so it works. And also, I, I kind of like it. I do kind of like being in the dark with it as well, in a funny kind of way. So uh, we'll start off, James. I'm just going to ask you who who you are and what you do, and you can answer that in any way you you want. So um, I'm sat in the woodshed. It's cold. It's February. It should be cold, but we've had two weeks of it being not cold, which is bit bit fucked up. And I'm talking to one of my um, biggest uh, mentors, one of the people I look up to the most, talking to James Victoria. Um, James, what do you do? <laughs> James, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Mark, uh, well, first of all, hey, how you doing? Good. <laughs> um, Mark, um, traditionally, I'm a commercial designer right client-based commercial de- graphic designer um and i also uh taught at university for 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 20 years and i'm a pretty good designer meaning i can get into um uh the museum of modern art and have shows uh, exhibitions at you know at at the moma and a solo show in japan and france and beijing and uh, so i'm a pretty good graphic designer but i realize that i'm a much better teacher and my 20 years at the School of Visual Arts in New York, what I've realized over the time was that 
I wasn't teach. I was supposed to be teaching third year graphic design, and I actually wasn't teaching graphic design because I wasn't teaching about color or typography or um, uh, shape and proportion and grids, and because I don't really technically know those things, or at least know them well enough to 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 impart to others. Um, but what I was doing was I was teaching people how to think for themselves and teaching people to look inside and ask themselves what their what their opinion was. So. Um, uh, over the years, I've relied more heavily on the teaching, and I use the um, my art and design um, skills as kind of the teaspoon of sugar to talk about larger ideas. That's really interesting. That is James. Um, when I run, I my, know, I when, know. When I run my presentation <laughs> skills class, it's very similar. We end up we end up not working on presentation skills. We end up on kind of unleashing the person that they know they want to be, yeah. and 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 actually the trigger is presentation. The, the 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 reason to be there is presentation, but actually what they leave with is a changed view of themselves. Yes, yes. And, and I sometimes wonder whether I could get them there without the presentation bit. I I, I wonder if they just need to be focusing on that to actually show up. Well, I think they need to. I think they need to. They need some bait, some reason to show up. So we run. Um, I run a number of workshops myself, and um, we call them creative workshops and retreats. And uh, basically, what I say is that listen, you can't be a better um, a better creator, a better artist, a better designer until you decide to become a better person, until you decide to understand that all the qualities that you have inside of you is what makes you um, creative. And you got to start looking at that instead of, you know, most people look outside and, and follow the rules and think that's going to get them where they want. Um, and, and it's just not true. So I think the idea of like, yes, making it making it about presentation is a great idea. But once they get there, letting them understand that, you know, what the, what they're selling is themselves. And that's that's the, the, the strongest tool they have. Completely. And it, it is. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing you have the same kind of um, I'm guessing you have the same kind of impact. We, we have tears. We have realization. We have um, we I'm, I'm not going to use the word breakdown because because it's not that it's a build up rather than a breakdown. But 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 we have these kind of epiphanies that I kind of didn't think we'd have. That that's not why I, I did the workshop. But you're right. It's not it's not how many slides per minute, how many words per slide. It's not where you stand, how you move. It, it's how much you love yourself. And yeah. it always has to start and end there. Yeah, and it's how much you give of yourself, how vulnerable and authentic you can be in, in the process. You know, yeah. and, you know, we I tell I tell people right up front, I say, hey, listen, by the way, you know, this is going to, you know, this is like three days head on. Uh, it's going to get pretty intense. And if, and if you know, and, and if we don't have tears, I'm not doing my job. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be my tears. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Now, James, you, you're currently sat north of Austin. When I first met you, you well, we met in we met in Wales, but you picked me up on a street corner in Brooklyn, Williams Williamsburg. Oh, that was a great it, night. It, it was like a scene from Brokeback Mountain. I'm stood there, all uncertain as to as to how nice you were going to be, and you turn up looking like a really big butch cowboy in a massive truck, and I thought, I love this man. <laughs> But I'm guessing, James, um, you didn't grow up there in either of those two places. Where did you grow up? Uh, we were we met in Brooklyn. Um, I I grew up. I won't get into where I was born, but I grew up in um, upstate New York, all the way in the northeast corner of New York State, but just south of Montreal and just um, um, west of Burlington, Vermont. So way up there in the cold ass corner. Wow, that is cold. That is northern. Yeah, yeah, and I um uh, uh moved to New York when I was nineteen. Uh, so I, I I I say that I grew I grew up in upstate New York, but I was raised in New York. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And what did your childhood smell of, Jane? What 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 are the big tastes, the big flavors 
what are, what are the musical um, memories? What are the, what are the smells of your childhood? You know, it's 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 funny, Mark. I I don't get asked that question, and I actually haven't thought about it in a in a while. But um, it it is like um a, it's like a really great movie about the 70s <laughs> you know because i i had it was the 70s and i had complete freedom like we were just outside all the time and our parents didn't know where we were and it was um bicycles and uh customizing our bicycles and racing through the woods and um just a, a super groovy time for 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 music uh, you know, um, um, just, you know, it was, um, it was kind of very, what I would consider normal. And I actually wish that my kids could have, you know, this kind of childhood, but you know, you know, times change. James, um, you and I had the same childhood separated by about 4,000, 5,000 miles. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I, I mean, I love the seventies musically. I love the seventies. Um, but I, I just loved the freedoms that we had, and 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 you're right, you know, I I had jeans with no knees because I'd come off my bike that many times. Sure. Shoes with no sole because I'd been using them as a as a brake. Um, yeah. My brake pads had gone. And you know, and, and when I when I was a kid, I would I'd go I'd go f- fishing in Lake Champlain and and catch fish, and I'd bring them home, and they were uh, sunfish, so I'd have to scale them. So I scaled them, and then I. I sautéed them in flour and a little butter, and I fed myself that way, and I made my own lunch. And I'm like, I'm like ten, and I'm yeah. on my own, you know, most of the time. I've got two older sisters, but they're, you know, they're shit all interested in me, um, you know. And I was just left on my own, and I think I, I am, I am so completely happy and better for it. I have a, uh, as an adult, I have a wonderful grasp of solitude um i when i remember my mother even if you asked her today she'd say that when she came home from work she she thought there were three other kids in the room with me in my bedroom with me because all the voices and all the thumping that was going on and i was just i I was a super active imagination and full of wordplay and full of um sing song and puns you know and you know the but the 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 i won't call it the dark side but the other side of it that i'm not talking about mark is that you know i was just i was you know like all kids i was wildly creative as a child um and i remember distinctly being called creative and i also remember distinctly understanding that it wasn't a compliment it meant I talked too much. It meant I was too loud. It meant stop fucking singing at the table. It meant, you know, stop doing that. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of that both at home and, you know, at at, uh, at school. That's really there's loads you've said there that I want to I want to just peel back a little bit on. But that last point is a point that that resonates really strongly with me. But in the in the inverse way, I, I was told that I wasn't the creative one, um, not with any malice or completely with, with, with love. But I, I, I felt that was not a compliment either. It was no, really interesting, yeah. whichever way you, you, you saw that. But James, I'm getting this image of this kind of like slightly kooky kid running around, um, ignored by his sisters, making up voices. Were you, were you lonely, James, growing up? Was I what? Were you lonely? <sighs> You're going to make me cry here. <laughs> You know, I think, I think, I think to a, to a certain extent, I probably still am. Yeah, I hear that, James. You know, you know, I mean, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting question. You know, both my parents worked, my father was in the military, so he was basically gone in Europe or Southeast Asia until I was 11. Um, and my mother had a full-time job. Um, yeah, so I was, you know, uh, uh, on my own a lot and, um, and it was great and, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I still find myself, you know, I got a report card when I, when I, 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 I may still have it and I don't know what grade I was in. I think I might've been in fourth grade or fifth grade. And, um, the report card had a little note on it says, um, it, you know, they called me Jim back then it says, or Jimmy. And it would say something like, um, Jimmy does not play well with others. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, and the thing is, like, I now I, I'm not any sport I've done 
tons of sports and I've done them all well, but I, they're all individual sports. I'm not a team. I'm not a team player. And I know that creatively that's, you know, that's part of how I work as well. And I find myself, you know, I mean, I was in the studio alone at, you know, three 30 this morning working on, uh, working on this, uh, um, super groovy poster for a university around, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in um, New Orleans. Um, but, you know, I like my solitude, but I, I find myself alone, you know, often. Um, does that make me uh, sad? No. But if I think about it too much, I look back and I go, oh, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. So there, there, there's something else. I mean, I've got, I've, I must go back to the other bit later because there's something to unpeel there as well. But there's something about obviously being being lonely and being alone are very very different things. And and and, and growing up, I always felt alone, but I was never lonely. So I I always had lots of people around me, lots of friends, but there was no one like me. There was no one that that actually. Yeah like in, in my gang so, so I, I understand that like, completely I understand that completely completely now you know yeah. I mean I'm I, you know I'm in this I'm in this situation now where I'm doing a lot of interviews and with a, with a, you know with a lot of people and you know this is this is completely charming Mark and I was I was you know with with zero notice happy to do it because I I'm 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 hungry to talk to an equal Oh God! You know what? That's the most flattering thing anyone said to me, James. Thank you. I've had a little tiny little moment myself. Um, but but the, 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 you know, I, I think it's really interesting, James. You know, I, I think this whole idea of being alone, being being bored. I think being bored is incredibly motivating when it comes to creativeness. Yeah. I, I, and I think. My, my only I, I'm pretty cool with where the kids are I'm pretty cool the, with, with the way technology is it, it's an issue but I think they'll learn to deal with it I, I, I'm really positive about how they socialize I just wish they could get bored a little bit more yeah well that's that's a that's a huge problem because they're so they're so mentally distracted um they're not able to handle boredom yeah you know and uh you know I I I remember I I was teaching a class. It wasn't my class. I was teaching at another, at another university, another school. And, you know, it was just like a heart to heart and I'm sitting on the, on the, on the desk and, you know, we're, we're talking and, you know, we're talking about culture. We're talking about this and that. And they say, you know, it's like, they said, you know, it's really kind of, you know, it's, it's really boring. It's, you know, it's really, um, you know, it's really boring. And I said, I, I know, I understand what you, you're saying. You're saying you're really boring. Actually. I'm like, listen, there's no fucking boring. It means you are bored. It means you're not capable of doing it. Don't pin it on society or culture. It's you. <laughs> Only the boring get bored. I can't yeah. remember who said that. There's, yeah. it's, I, I think there's so much truth in that, James. James, you know, it, to, 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 to put it in a professional thing, I get asked this question all the time. People are like, James, how do I motivate my team? And I say, you fucking don't. Yeah. You don't. You hired creative people. Let them do their goddamn job. Or I, I, maybe or maybe they know the secret. And the secret is that the work they're doing is not interesting. Or the work they're doing that they know that you as the as the hot boss are never gonna accept good creative work. So yeah, they're gonna be bored. But don't you can't you can't you can't and shouldn't have to, you know, do a song and dance to uh, to inspire creative people. You should fire their ass. Isn't that scary? <laughs> it, but, but there's oh my god, James. There's so much in that two or three sentences that are worth unpicking. So what you just said is really frightening. If if it's the the boss, the manager, the 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 the, the king or the queen bee that is stopping people being creative and then coming for advice on how to make people more creative, where does this lack of self awareness come from in in in, in these people? <laughs> and I mean, it's it's fascinating. And is it is it to do with fear? You know, I, I, I've worked for and I've not worked for anybody for nearly twenty years. I've worked for clients, but I've never had a boss for nearly twenty years. And and I had th four bosses in my because you know I've only ever had four bosses, and one of them was amazing. He just let me go. One of them was, and this was a, um, a supermarket. She was the most controlling person <laughs> I have ever worked. I've, but it was all about fear, James. It was all about oh, yeah. 
I'm, I was better, and I was better than her, and I still am better than her. Yeah, and then well, I it's, it's, the control uh, thing is totally fear-based. Isn't it? How, how, how have we created this culture within business, James? Shh. <laughs> you think I have an answer for that? Yeah, yeah uh, you're, you're my mentor. You know, I mean, I think, I think part of it is that um, it, it's now an industry. You know, there's so much money riding on it that no one's, you know, everyone's afraid to, to, uh, to, for failure. So listen here, listen, listen to this. Here's something that you can take, right? So I run, um, corporate workshops and I've, I've traveled to, you know, to DC and California and all over. And I, and I go in and I talk to, um, uh, and I've done some here in, in Texas even. And I go and I talk to a, um, um, a corporation, a company and I get there uh, a couple of a couple of you know uh, a couple of the upper levels and then the, you know most of the creative team and they usually call me when they're having some problem right they're 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 trying to get into a new market or they're trying to they're trying to inspire their team you know these things and i tell them up front i say listen it's not my job to fix your situation it's my job to get you to fix your situation the 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 project I put them through goes like this. I say, listen, you guys are always looking for the right answer. Like, what's the right? What do we do? What's the right answer? And I say, there is no fucking right answer. So instead, what we're gonna do to this company is we're gonna sink it. I want you guys to come up with every single great idea that you got to ruin this fucking company. And they just, they're like, they, their eyes light up. They're like corny as goats, right? They're ready to go, right? I give them paper and I give them pencils. They make drawings and they come up with all these ideas. And then I go through the, through the, the, the room and talk to each one, you know, as a group and they read through their, their answers. And every once in a while, I'll like snag one and say, oh, hand me that, give me that one. And then the next guy goes and I'm like, oh, give me that answer. Oh, give me that answer. So I'll have like, at the end, I'll have like, you know, maybe seven, eight sheets of paper out of, you know, out of, uh, you know, a hundred, right? And I staple them together and I put it on the middle of the table and I say, do this. Because this is the best. This is you guys not looking for the right answer. You guys being completely honest. You guys playing. You guys having fun. All the shit you don't do at work. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's like you get there, you get to work, and your your sphincter tightens up. And then your brain clogs, and then your eyes cross, and then you get dry in the mouth, you know? <laughs> but we're, we're talking about fear again here, aren't we? And, yes. And it's, it is really interesting. So I, when, I run, when I run my innovation workshops rather than the, the, the presentation or the personal development ones, I encourage people to come up with, I mean, I call them shit ideas. I actually got told off a of swearing saying this recently. I mean, for fuck's sake. But um, I, I get them to come up with three amazing ideas and three shit ideas. And the amazing ideas are not amazing. They're just safe. They're just really, really safe, safe. ideas. Safe, yeah. And as soon as, and it's because there's this fear of being the tall poppy, of being the one that, that that's speaking louder or brighter or shining with a brighter light, um, and and they and they keep their head down and they pull their horns in and they just deliver what they what they know is going to be okay. Yeah, they don't want to stand out. Yeah, they don't want to stand out and they don't want to fail and they don't. Well, want they to... don't want to say they don't want to stand out for saying something smart. They don't want to stand out for saying something stupid. Exactly that. So they go somewhere in the middle. So when I say to them, I want stupid ideas, it's really interesting. It's it's a permission to step outside of the grey. It's a permission to say, you know, are genuinely ridiculous ideas that could kill their business, but also the ideas that could see their business go into the stratosphere. Uh -huh. and, and then we, we build them and we pitch those ideas back. And, and there's a whole lot of self-development in there that they don't even see, but there is. And then you can't tell whether it was a greater or, or a shit idea. It, it is just a brilliant idea by the end of the day. <laughs> and, and, and it's a really simple process, but unlocking that it's hard for them to see after you it's it's just hard for them to see totally totally and and and, and i just think we we've we've rewarded we've rewarded safety and we've rewarded 
average and we've rewarded risk aversity yeah. to yeah. such a point now that we then try and make it sound more than that with shit words and business bollocks and all of those horrible ways of talking about things. We then well, now, to- you know, and now everybody says, you know, they now everybody just wants to be transparent, which, you know, doesn't mean anything. You know, the thing is they, they, um, um, you know, it's it's a, a high level of mediocrity. That's what's accepted. <laughs> and I what I tell young designers, I see, listen, listen, a couple things. You want to be successful in this business? A couple things. First, ne- never have any serious relationships. Don't get married. Don't have a girlfriend. Don't, don't have right. Um, and ne- never uh, 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 shut up and keep your opinion to yourself. That's how you make money. That's how you make business. Yeah. It's not interesting. It's a- Dreadful life, but that's how that's how you you could succeed. Sure. Because no, you know, because no one's interested in your opinion. Yeah. Which you know, which I'm lying because I, you know, I get paid now for my opinion. It's great. Yeah, but 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 they get paid paid to hide theirs and yes. and bring you in to show yours because you don't have to sit in that room the next day and the day after. You come in with all the opinion as as do I, and then we we go away again. Yeah. And my fear, sometimes they take what I say and they do they do it justice. Sometimes they water it down. Sometimes they ignore it. They'll, they'll come back to it in two years, five years, because it's right. But there's this, there's this fear of the fire starter, but they kind of like us as well. Yeah, it, yeah. We, we, we sit in, in interesting, interesting times, James. But yeah. James, so I'm 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 interested in what you listen to musically. Where where were you? What what was kicking off in the 1970s in in just east of wherever you were, Vermont? Oh, you know, it's funny. I the, culturally, what was going on at the time was um was you know just like a, all we got was like uh you know it was before cable TV, so it's like pop. We got pop music, so it was you know it was it was the you know. You know, uh, Bay City Rollers and uh, REO Speedwagon and Blondie yeah. and, you know, I mean, you know, fun, you know, fun stuff. But when I, you know, what re- what really happened for me, Mark, was when I um, uh, started to drive when I was 16 and got my license and I started to drive. It was that, or actually I was driving before that. But, you know, I used to joke that there were two radio stations in my in my hometown. There was the um, the country station and the western station. <laughs> <laughs> so so I listen to a I listen to a, you know to a lot of um a lot of Waylon Jennings and uh Charlie Pride and Dolly Parton and you know uh George uh uh not George Strait he wasn't around yet but um uh, what is his name anyway um and you know country 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 music you know um had a had a big influence on me obviously you know when you met me I had a I'm driving a four-wheel drive pickup truck in New York City with a massive cowboy hat on. With a hat, yeah. But do you know what? Do- uh, Hank, Hank Williams, Dolly Parton, these people are great teachers. There's, yeah, there's a- but yeah, but country western country music also also tells you this certain thing, and you know I tended to believe in it, and I lived it for a long time. It says that it says um, that um, life is kind of a downer. And you're going to win some girls and you're going to lose some girls, you know, and uh, you're probably going to drive a pickup truck, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I've I've been down so long. It looks like up to me that kind of that kind of ideal. Yeah, right? I, I, get, I get that cliche. Absolutely. You know, so so that, you know, and that thing is hard to it's hard to grow out of, you know, if you want to live that thing, it's hard to be a, a mover and a shaker. It is the same is the same problem inherent within blues as well. Yeah, sure. So where do we go for up in music? Um, Disco, punk, new new wave. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't think you can. I don't. Music lies. (laughs) Music lies. Love love songs lie. Exactly. (laughs) Music makes its money from sadness. You can't. Yeah, you can't. I read something recently that said over the last thirty years, music has been getting slowly um, um, sadder and more depressed. Like uh, the lyrics I, I, and everything, it's kind of, kind of. I can't, I can't see it just yet, but it's an interesting idea. I think it depends what you listen to. I mean, sure. all, the, all the exciting stuff is coming out of black communities in in London now. Grime 
is just the most exciting form of music there is. It's like punk was in the late seventies. Really, it, really, I'll have to, I'll have to, driven. I'll have to, I'll have to I, dip my ears in it. I will send you a playlist on Spotify or cool. whatever, whatever system you use. So, so James, I um, I, I can see your childhood really clearly, and then you left there and you went to New York. Now, what did that feel like? Yeah, I. It was funny. I, I, I. When I got there, I realized I, um, you know, I dove in, you know, head first. Um, and for, you know, it took me, it took me a long time to get used to it. I actually, I actually, um, I actually tried to, uh, go back home a couple times and it just, it didn't work. It was like, um, not like I went home and stayed for, you know, a month and then went back to New York. But, um, you know, like I realized that I was my, uh, my, my, my mouth was sore all the time because I was grinding my teeth in my sleep, you know, and I didn't have any money. So I was staying at the YMCA, um, and, and trying to go to art school. And, you know, it was just a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty heady, intense time. I don't think it was very creative for me at, uh, for a while until I was maybe, um, you know, 21. Uh, and then, it, you know, then it kind of really started kicking in, but, um, yeah, no, it was, a it, it, it was a pretty intense time. If you ever seen any kind of like, again, any kind of like movies about some, you know, some bumblehood moving to New York and trying to make it, you know, um, it made me feel like I was Canadian or something. I wasn't even, you know, American. I was really weird. It took me, it took me a while to, to, to get used to it. That's interesting. And what, what year did you move there? Uh, I think I moved there in like in 1981. Studio 54 still open at that point? Yeah, and the, the Mud Club. I was at the, I went to the Mud Club, a CBGB's. Yeah, all the good stuff. Amazing. Tell me what that smelled like. Oh, that was scary, man. That was crazy. That was super crazy. Um, you know, I remember, you know, uh, being at the bar and like an off off hours, you know, at, at CBGB's when, you know, when when lesser bands would come in and these guys would be diving off the stage. And if the crowd didn't like you, they'd let you fall and break your ankle. <laughs> you know, I, I, I went to a gig in I went to university in the north of England. I went to university in a city called Bradford and there was a really great concert venue, just the right size um, I used to go to. And uh, stage diving was normal and we all did it. And, and there was a band called Cud who I really liked at the time. Um, everyone took it in turns to get on stage and dive. And then this one um, goth, so kind of post-punk miserableness, yeah. she got on stage. And, uh, you know, I'm not passing judgment on her at all, but she was really overweight. And she she looked to dive on the crowd and everybody moved. Oh, dang. And she's in midair, and I'm the only one left. So what do I do? What did I do? <laughs> I'm assuming you tried to catch her. Yeah, I took it because I thought <laughs> if I move, she's going to break something. Yeah. And oh. for certain. And if I stay, she might break me, but it's not certain. Yeah. And um, and it was I. It was a. I just remember it so clearly that indecision that do I take one for the team or for her or do I get out of the way. Well, and you did the right thing. I think I think I did. Yeah. But, um, the, the, the club, the 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 the. I wasn't a club guy. I went occasionally, but um, I was a, I was a, I was a bar fly, but not a club guy. Um, uh, there was one that was on the corner of Houston Street and um, not 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 West Broadway. Oh yeah, West Broadway. Uh, it was called the Reggae Lounge, and it was awesome. And I was like, the first time I went in there, I was just like, holy shit, because you had to walk, you had to walk in through a metal detector. Because at, 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 you know, it, it, guys would bring, you know, these reggae dudes would bring, you know, bring guns and weapons. Yikes. So, wow. yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was New York City during the, 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 the Warriors come out and play. You know, it was crazy. I mean, the, the subways were all painted up just like you saw in the movies. It was, you know, it was pretty intense. That's really interesting. And I mean, obviously that pre-Zero Tolerance, pre-Giuliani, and I'm not even certain that that was the success that people say it was. I suspect it's actually more to do with legalization of abortion 15 years earlier, 20 years earlier. But New York in those times was painted in movies and in literature as a very dangerous place. Like Central Park, 
I, I was scared even hearing those two words. Yeah, you should have been. Yeah. Was it yeah. like? Yeah, back then, fuck yeah, no, totally, totally, totally. There, there was just you know, you just didn't, did you know, you just knew you did, you didn't go. You were crazy and, if you did. And what? And what happened? Oh, you know, it just got it got expensive. <laughs> it got gentrified. Uh, got it all got cleaned up. They just, you know, they're slowly chasing out anything, you know, anything authentic. You know, even Times Square back then was was dangerous. You you know, you didn't go and you 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 really watched your wallet and uh, you know, and they cleaned that all up. Um, um, yeah, in the what 1999 2000. So that is Giuliani, isn't it? That's interesting because I'll always remember seeing Marathon Man. And just thinking, and there were some bits of Marathon Man that I really enjoyed. Like there was a load of kind of like singing around around fires on street corners, and 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 then there was a kind of gang culture that felt like it was about fraternity and belonging, <laughs> as long as you weren't outside of it. And yeah, as long as you were on the inside. Yeah, it was the opposite of those things. But I'll I'll always remember thinking, yeah, I'm quite glad I live in rural Leicestershire, not, not New York. And were you genuinely scared walking around New York? You know, no, you're only, you know, you're only scared if you're not, you know, you're in a strange neighborhood at night. Um, you know, and it, and I more than once I fell asleep on the train and ended up like the fuck all I knew, you know, I was in a neighbor, you know, a neighborhood that I didn't know, or I was, I've woke up once and I was, the, the train had pulled all the way into its docking station for the night. <laughs> I had to figure out how to get all the way, all the way back into freaking Midtown. That was, that was, that was scary. That's amazing. And so tell me, tell me how, you know, from college to, to work, how, what, what did that journey look like for you? Um, you know, I moved to New York to 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 go to school, to go to art school. Um, I'd already failed out of one university, and and I moved to New York to go to SVA. And then I got to SVA, and I kind of I, – I didn't do it correctly. I didn't do a good job of it, and I see that. I saw that after. Um, um, I went in, did my thing, came back out. I had, a, I had to have a full-time job to support myself. Um, uh, to go through school and to, you know, pay for food and, you know, lodging and that kind of stuff. Um, and it just wasn't a good time for me to be in school. I was, you know, 19, 20, and uh, I was, you know, I had a full-time job that was paying me, so I was, like, you know, drinking beer and chasing skirt. Um and I should have just, you know, I, I, I was a bad student. I, school didn't, didn't, uh, set me on fire, didn't excite me. Uh, and then I had an instructor take me aside and tell me that, you know, it's very competitive out there. And there were a lot of people looking for the same jobs and he suggested I become a, you know, a CPA or a golf instructor or something, you know? Um, so I did, I left, I left school and then, you know, uh, Mark three started working professionally and I've I've um I've uh been working for myself ever since. That's amazing. I mean, you know, I you know. I was gonna drop I was gonna drop out of school, and I called back to my to my 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 dad, and I said, hey, um, so like you know, oh, so like uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna drop out of school. <laughs> and uh, he said, but but I thought you wanted to have you know be be a fancy art director and have your name on the door. And I said, oh no no no, I'm gonna have that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna drop out of school, <laughs> you know. I mean, and that's the thing. That's the thing. My whole life is like my whole life. I look back. It's like, oh no, 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 no. You can't fucking stop me. You can't. No, you can't deter me. You can't slow my path. You can't even try. So I I, I get this. I mean, number one, what an extraordinary event to have happened that the tutor tells you how hard it is. For you to be successful in the thing he's tutoring you in but yeah and he's and, and he you know and he was i mean you know i so i knew it then he was a complete hack yeah and number two it strikes me that whatever way is blocked you'll just find another way james yeah sure 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 yeah of course of course you know and you know hey look I I, um you know moving to texas what was that what was that like and i say listen it's not a it was not a career move <laughs> it was a move for love and it was a move for family. Um, yeah. And what it's done for me is been so brilliant because, um, you know, commercially, if I relied on commercial clients, I'd be dead in the water. 
but what it's done for me is it's it's again pushed me to 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 rely on my my creativity and say um okay let's how do i how do i be a a creative individual and get paid for it and you know for my wife and myself we're you know it's just it just forced us to live by our creativity it's been the greatest thing in the world I love that. I love that reframing. You know, rather than how do I build a career and pay the mortgage, how do I live my life as a creative individual and get paid for it? You put the, you put the creativity before the cash. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You know, I'm I've become kind of the answer guy for a lot of people, a lot of mid-career people, and people are like, so like I've quit my job. What do I do now? Or I want to ask for more money, and how do I do that? Or what do I do about this and that and the other? And I my answer is always the same. I say, hmm, you are a creative creative individual, I would suggest you do it um, creatively. <laughs> Creat but, creativity is always the answer. But but that word, I, I, I mean, I might be talking out of turn here, but I find that word creativity um, misused and uniformly self-applied incorrectly. And, and, and as a definition of a sector or a type of person, I find it almost elitist, actually. And and I don't because I think we're all creative. I think everything. Oh, no, 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 no. The first book, the first words in my book, it says we are all born wildly creative. Some of us just forgot. I'm going to come back to your book in a minute, but I, I remember that. Absolutely. So I, I, I agree with you, but the majority of people on the planet forgot. Oh, totally, man. And, and, I, and I think it's funny. I'm not even certain that they forgot. I, I think they've been told that they aren't, and that could be self-told as well. Sure, could, sure. There's be, a number of number of different ways. Yeah, so creative people look like not like me. Creative people work in Soho or they work in Dumbo. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a really interesting self-definition of what a creative person is. Sure. And I think it's really unhelpful for people. Who who are, who are creative curious? Who think they might have a creative idea, but they're not really certain how to articulate it. And then, and then I think there's those people that fit the uniform or the geography or the whatever, and they're the least creative person that people I've ever met. Sure, and I, sure. And I don't know how they got employed in the creative industries. But you mentioned your book there, James, and um, I mean you, I don't know whether you know, but you, you know, you're a massive mentor to me, and. Um, I did I, not know that. Yeah, are huge. Um, James, I've got your words tattooed on my arm, man. And um, and I and I quote the thing that made you weird as a kid makes you great today, or make, I always used to say brilliant today. And and I genuinely believe that that's true. Um, if you and, hold on to it, yeah. And the words that I'm on my arm are warrior, not warrior. Good and man. I had them slightly uh, softened from a typeface point of view to fit my tattoo. <laughs> And, uh, and I nearly didn't have them tattooed on my arm, actually, James. Because g g guess what? I was I was worried. Uh, the irony of this is it hits with the force of a cartoon anvil. Um, I was worried that I'd focus on the warrior word, not the warrior one. So yeah. I've, I've had the warrior word print, uh, a tattooed slightly bigger than the warrior one. Good. And, uh, you know, since well, we go met... back, go back and go back and get warrior. Just get it crossed out. Do you know what? I might do that. I'm, I'm going back. No, it's so good. Just so you know, just like like a like a you know a quarter inch wide black bar. I might do that, you know, because I've I've got to go back. You know, I think as you know, I'm going to be a grandparent this year, which is really scary. Um, and I'm having a tattoo for the grandkid. I've got flowers for all my children, and I'll continue that with the grandchildren. So I've got to go back in for a slight amendment anyway. So I'm gonna. I am going to have that crossed out. That's really smart. That's really smart. That is. But your James, your your book is your book. Um, I received it uh, yesterday when I, a day before yesterday when I got home, um, and so I'm about a third of the way through it. It's a really lovely. I'm not going to say the word easy because it isn't easy. It's not an easy read. It's an enjoyable read. It's a read that has got me folding the pages and putting lines under words more than any other book that I've oh, read. Oh, really? That means a lot. That means a lot to me, man. Yeah, genuinely. And, and you know, there's ideas in there that I'm going to steal. There's ideas in there that I won't steal, but I'll quote. And there's ideas in there that have made me go, oh, fuck, of course. Cool. How long? I mean, I know the answer to this. How long have you been holding this book in? <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Um, 
the the ideas in there. Um, so when I when I dropped out of uh, the School of Visual Arts, I was I was a jerk. I didn't know anything. You know, I was a, I was a New York City hoodlum, and I realized that I didn't know anything, and I needed to start reading and teaching myself. So I started reading a lot of books, and I was reading good stuff. Um, and I, I, I found that I really enjoyed, um, uh, the philosophy and I really enjoyed poetry. Um, and when I was teaching at the school of visual arts, I would, I would, I would tell all my students, I would say, listen, I'm, I'm your Guinea pig. You know, I'm going to use my life and my successes and my failures as, you know, teaching tools for you. So you don't have to you know, do these things. You don't have to go through these same things. Um, so the ideas in the book come from, um, they come from, um, some of them are, are, are from philosophy and from, uh, from psychology and from, uh, you know, anthropology. And some of them, it is the stuff my mom, you know, my mom said, cause she was kind of a, um, a fount of, of, of pragmatic wisdom. And, um, there's just the things that I've been teaching and also the things that I need to tell myself every day. You know, I had a, I was in an interview the other day. It was the funniest thing, Mark, this guy, I was in an interview, you know, guy was totally not on, you know, not on my game, but he says, so, um, you know, who's the target audience for your book? And I said, Oh no, 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 no. You, you think I'm the kind of guy who thinks about a target audience? Seriously? <laughs> I, I, think, wrote, I, I wrote I, this think book I saw for your me. Instagram about this. I wrote this book for me. Yeah. You know, this is everything I need to get out of bed. This is everything I need to like get in the studio. I was like I said, I was in the studio at three thirty this morning, and I'm and I'm and I'm tearing through expensive paper with 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 paint pens. And I, at one time, I had to stand back and go, "Oh!" Literally, I stood stood back and I just loudly said, "Oh, James, <laughs> relax." Be gentle on yourself, man, because I was just like I was searching. I was searching and I was, you know, making a lot of, you know, making a lot of waste and and and, and I wasn't playing and I wasn't enjoying it. So, you know, the book comes from that. The book comes from these are these are these are um, the power tools that I need to uh, to, you know, to to make change in my life. And were they also what I used, uh, you know, to teach and help other people, because I've gotten to a point in my career where I've had a really nice life and a really nice career and a creative career. And I've had exhibitions all around the world and it's kind of crazy. And I know how difficult it is to just, I mean, you do too, just be creative. Forget about fucking getting paid for it. Right. So I'm trying to be, you know, I want to be of service to others. I want to help other people have, um, have, um, creative, interesting lives and not feel like they have to, um, uh, uh, get paid by slavery and ser uh, servitude. Uh, James, I, I, I can see that. So I'm just eating a particularly good flapjack in the studio here. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm working with a pro here. I'm working I, with a pro. I know I'm so pro is untrue. Um, just chewing on gum. Effect perfection, James. And um, I, when I read, when I read your book, when I read Fact Perfection, I can feel, I can hear that this is some kind of affirmation to yourself as well as to others. Yeah. And I, I really like that about the book, and I really admire that. Um, and when I wrote my, my, I've got another book coming, but when I wrote my first book, it was as much to remind me that I was creative as it was to remind others that they were creative. You, you, you hit on it exactly. So my, one of the things that I, that I talk about, um, um, <clears throat> these days, especially, you know, post book is listen, listen, it is not my job to tell you anything. I can't tell you what to do or, you know, how to act or whatever. It's my job and it's the book's job to remind you who you are and the power that you have in your in in your voice and in the in the in that creativity and those skills and abilities you were born with that's important people need to be reminded man you you and not just reminded but but they've almost brainwashed themselves so that they they knew they'd forgotten that they'd forgotten if you know what i mean they didn't know what they were and yeah I'll always remember watching your burning questions. Um, one of your, it, it didn't matter. You could pick any burning question that you answered. 
I've got two more questions before before we go. And and I, I absolutely loved your responses and your patience because essentially every single burning question was, I'm a creative person and I've A, forgotten to be creative or B, I'm not being given the space to be creative. And the patience that you had in answering those was quite astonishing, actually, because I'd have been tempted to go, listen, Rick, why don't you watch the last one? Because actually, you know, <laughs> didn't I say this already? Yeah. And I don't know how you didn't say I don't know how you didn't say that, James. <laughs> um, and I love the Patreon model, by the way. Um, is that, how's that working out for you? Uh, you know, I just lost my assistant, so I don't know how to do anything on there. So <laughs> I'll let you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning that whole system and I'm learning uh, uh, I'm recording and then switching it over to MP3 and then switching it over to this thing. And I'm like, so, yeah, so there's a there's a learning curve happening over here. Well, we're all learning, aren't we? We're all, you know, the podcast for me is yeah. a bit of learning. You've got some podcasts come in. You know what? It's it's funny. I what I was thinking about lately, and I'm going to talk to a couple of my couple of my pals over here, or or over there. Doesn't matter. What I'm thinking about. How, what do you think about this idea, Mark? Check this out. So I basically hire somebody. They don't even have to be here. I record, you know, my 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 podcast, and I ship it to somebody, and they take care of everything on Patreon. They just Patreon is their business. And they get and they get a cut of you know whatever whatever Patreon brings in. That's a pretty good. You know that, that's a pretty good I, thing. All I, I have all I have to do is sit down a couple times a week and record my my ten minutes of thoughts and send it off to somebody, and then it keeps showing up in your mailbox uh, every Tuesday morning. Or or in your Instagram feed, or in the largest blogging platform on the planet, which is the dreadful LinkedIn. I love that and. Well, I, I got to find the right person to, you know, run it for me. I think I might know who that person could be, actually. But but it's interesting because some of us are really great at making content and some of us are really great at pushing content out there. Yeah. And very few of us are good at both of those things. Ugh, yeah, tell me about it. And, and, and what I see, I see in our sector, I see people beginning to believe their own press sometimes. And the quality of the content is really suffering. And I, I think it's important to stay fresh. And, and I'm wondering if having that little insulated jacket around what you do would keep you fresh. I, I, I think it might, James. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, take the pressure off of me having to do every fucking step. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I asked on Instagram the other day, uh, anyone got any questions for James? And I got the predictable but brilliant. What was the thing that made you weird as a kid, James? Oh, you know, I think it was just um, <clears throat> I think it was just that I was so full of uh, play, you know, um, you know, I would I would uh, walk to school every morning from like from from the freaking beginning, you know, and I think we lived probably it was probably only um, uh, a mile, you know, wasn't wasn't yeah. long. But I remember like singing full voice. <laughs> <laughs> the whole way, la 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 la. la. <laughs> you know, that. just sing in the full voice, and um, um, I loved. I had L Legos early on when you didn't have any instructions, and it was just blocks, and I was able to make whatever I wanted to, and I was able to imagine whatever I wanted to. I still have all of my old um, Hot Wheels cars. I'm a, I'm a car and motorcycle nut. So I still have all my old cars and um, they're not worth anything because I, I customized them then. I've hand painted them. <laughs> yeah, but James, you might have put the prize up rather than that. <laughs> I'll sign it. I'll sign it now. But look, James, how do you keep your, because you, I mean, you, you've got, I think, three kids, three kids now? Well, uh, yeah, I've got a, a one at, in 22, 22 years old back in New York, and then I've got two little ones, a, a, a little over one and almost four. Brilliant. How, how have you kept and how will you keep them from, number one, not thinking that they're creative? Number two, how will you keep, how will you keep windows of boredom in their lives? Oh, you just kind of, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you kind of have to force it on them. You know, you kind of have to say, go out and play. 
you know, and yeah. we, we don't live near anybody, you know, um, and you know, it's great for them to have play dates and stuff, but, but, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm, what I am hoping is that, so like Nova is, you know, a little over one and she is like outdoor girl. She just wants to be outside. And I love that. So we just, you know, open the door. We have a, we have a fairly large, you know, fence in area. Uh, uh, although we live on, live on 50 acres, you know, a small ranch. Wow. Um, you know, and it's kind of, it's, you know, it's kind of dangerous out there. I mean, I've killed two rattlesnakes and both of them were right next to the house, you know? So it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to let them kind of roam. I mean, I've built a, I built a, there are like swings hidden out in the, you know, out in the field. And, um, I'm got, uh, I've got a tree about a quarter mile away that I want to build a, you know, a big tree house in for them to play in. And, you know, I'm going to have to trust them and let them just wander you know it's kind of the childhood that i had i was just able to you know go and 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 isn't that a really lovely analogy for those of us who are lost in our careers who have lost that creative edge who aren't certain where they're going to go you've got to trust them and let them wander yeah 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 you got to trust them and 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 you know and then again remind them about you know the play a lot of people come to me and they say you know we're you know i'm just like i'm bored at work and i don't know where to start and i don't and i'm like well you know first of all the words you're using aren't true and the words you're using are really harsh what's probably happening is you're not having fun you don't you've forgotten how to enjoy this thing because you're because you're trying to make somebody else happy when you should you, be making yourself happy first have you forgotten how to enjoy and how to have fun no did you ever did you ever have a moment where you uh, yeah i get you know i i i i know when i've gone down into an alley and i and i need to like back up sure um and people say well what you know what happens like during the day when you don't have it going and you know how do you force yourself to keep and i say i don't i i go for a run I'll go for a walk. Um, I'll switch gears and, you know, I'll just sit back and I have to go, what will make me happy right now? And it might just be, you know, it might be I can get in my pickup truck and drive seven miles to the closest bar and just bring my sketchbook and go work there instead. That's pretty, well, I'm, you know what, James, when we're finished in a second, I am going to go for a run because I've done nothing all day. And, I need and to go for a walk. It's a good idea. And I need to. James, um, your book, Effect um, Perfection, is brilliant. I really, I'm a third through. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a biased audience because I absolutely love you. And I totally see the benefit in what you do and more importantly, how you do it. And you taught me an amazing lesson once. And I actually, I think I called you and asked you this question. Um, it was just after Gangnam Style had become the cultural phenomenon that it had become. <laughs> And you did a video of you dancing to it, mm -hmm. and I and I rang and you said, and I rang you and talked to you about it, and you said, oh, I did it because I wanted to overcome my ego, and I said something like, and I just left a business partner who was permanently criticising me for being egotistical when I was just being good at something, and and I said to you, my business partner would have said that that was me sort of like blowing my own trumpet and being egotistical, and you and you just said no. That's an absence of ego because I'm prepared to look stupid. And for the very first time, you helped me understand the difference between being vulnerable, being good at something and not being ashamed of it and being egotistical. So I, 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 I thank you for that. <laughs> you are welcome. Hey, you know what? You know what it is, Mark? Um, and I realized when I was teaching at the School of Visual Arts, I would give them these crazy, wacky assignments. And um, after a while, after a bunch of years of teaching these things, I realized they were every single one had to do about had to do with perspective. Okay. What makes what makes something pleasurable versus fearful? What makes something big versus little? What makes something of value versus nothing? And and you know and and for me to you know to to you know to chat with you it's just like it's an it's an attitude adjustment it's just a it's just a perspective you know yeah you, 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 you honestly you don't know how much you've helped me and others and um and your book is brilliant and will continue to do that and people can buy that through the north it's by chronicle isn't it it's published by chronicle but yeah effectperfection.com effectperfection.com is the preferred place to buy it there you go that's perfect. It's good and, and hey, hey, I'm, I'm I've already sent the publisher um, uh, um, uh, a, a number of 
commercial ideas to pursue next, and one of which is the next book. You want to know about it? Tell me. It's called Hey Weirdo. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm already there because 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 as soon as you get over yourself and you understand that it's okay to be a weirdo, your life gets so much better. Yeah. And, and I'm and I'm there, and you're there, and yeah. it's, James is brilliant. And look, man, I'm gonna come and see you, and I've been threatening to do this, but every time I try and arrange it stuff gets busy um but i think we should do something together i think we should put like a workshop on together that you know that luke that luke guy wants me to come and do a workshop thing or do a do a his his conference luke tongue or something yeah um and i've been trying to talk to uh, uh you know the the hue at the do thing uh, has is talked to me too and i'm trying to figure out you know how to how to get over there basically mark well, let, let, let's talk offline about that. I mean, because the Luke runs the Birmingham Design Festival, and I spoke there. Um, I spoke there last year, mm-hmm. and it's brilliant. It's it's a really great design festival. It's in its infancy, but sure. it's gonna be it is gonna be incredible, James. Um, so if you get the chance to do that one, I think you should. And I also think doing something with do would be incredible. We just need to work the money out. I can see this. Ha- I can see the international sign language. <laughs> but let's talk expenses. James, sorry, you are amazing. Thank you. I'm going to press stop record, and we're going to just finish off 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 the record. I can't remember how to do that now. It's up there. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that. James is um. I oh, he's. He, 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 my top mentor. I've had numerous mentors over the years, and um, and James is incredible. And his book uh, Effect Perfection is is brilliant. Someone described him recently as like Tony Robbins in art. He's way better than that. Tony Robbins is, well, frankly, Tony Robbins is a bully. Um, James is not that. James is one of the kindest, nicest guys. I've ever had the privilege to spend time with um, and we've got stuff planned. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to working with him. So please take whatever you need from that conversation. Um, as I say, his book is absolutely brilliant. I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that plugs other people's books um, unless I think they're incredible and, and James is, is incredible. So um, go and read it. There is such a thing as a library. You probably probably order it from your library. Take about six weeks for them to buy it, but then you don't even have to pay for it. You can just borrow it. How cool is that? Kind of at risk of losing these things in the UK. Very sad. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you've got any suggestions for people um, who you think would be great on the podcast, let me know. If you've got any comments, also let me know. Mark at this is ape ape dot co dot uk. Have a great day, whatever you're doing. <laughs>